Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I hope all of you are uh, sitting there with a pen and a pan in hand because you're you're really going to need it for today's show. I want to thank every one of you for the amazing emails you've been sending us since we've got our new website up. Uh, You know, where uh, believe me, I try to answer as many of these as I possibly can. I know between Bobby and I. Um, we're getting back to as many of you as possible, but for the most part, you have just sent us tons of email telling us how much you like the website, and of course, I have let people know that we are open to taking your comments and your questions, so we're going to consider that as we continue to change and evolve uh, with the website. So I want to thank you all so, so much. Uh, Some of you asked if we were going to be giving the Crust Dusting Award again, and yes, we are. As a matter of fact, we are going to be giving one award per month. But you all are going to be able to nominate people as well as vote for the, for the people that get the award. So that is coming back again. I, I really want to thank you and uh, commend you for being patient with us as we go through this uh, absolutely explosive growth that we're going through. And uh, you have been the best listeners in the world, and I want to thank you for that. We have a fabulous show today here on BBS Radio. And, you know, the topic for today's show, I want to say, on the surface, may seem, um, oh, just just kind of right there, not much to really think about. But the reason that I'm excited about today's show is because when we look at the condition and the state of health uh, in, uh, in North America, we are looking at some serious, serious conditions that we have created here from the food we eat, from the environment, and from many, many other things. And today, I am thrilled. I'm thrilled to be uh, on air with you with someone that has a passion for bringing the truth, bringing the basics back to what we need to know, and at the same time stands on the edge of leading-edge alternatives for many of us to live a healthy, healthy life. I'm here today, and I'm here uh, with Dr. Philip, who is going to be talking with us about a number of different things. And Dr. Philip, and I'm, I'm probably, if I get this name, your last name incorrect, please correct me. Uh, Dr. Philip Rashotis. How did I do with your name? You actually did amazing, but Dr. Philip is more than okay. I'm a, I'm a professor, and I don't dare. Or my students can't handle the last name either. So <laughs> and, you know, with someone like a name like the silly like I have, you'd think I would know better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. No, no, no. Oh, Vasily, is that, uh, is that Italian? It's, uh, it's definitely an Italian name. All right. I'm Greek myself, but... Yeah, we're, we're cousins. Exactly. Both love <laughs> the olive oil, and we can talk more about that later. Absolutely. Uh, well, let me just let me just say a little bit to my audience about about who you are, and and I and when I say a little bit, what I mean by that is, you know, we get these bios of various people that you know I get to bring on the show, and we have this description of the work that they are doing, and at the same time, I know that what they do is far beyond anything that we can stick in a bio. And today you are going to hear exactly what I mean when Dr. Philip and I take on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, 
as I know it is for many of you. And he has studied at um, uh, the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, currently licensed and practicing in Ontario, Canada. And uh, prior to that, his master's degree from uh, various universities and has been an expert in the field of nutritional science. Uh, Dr. Phillips is also uh, an acting professor of clinical nutrition at CCNNM. And we're going to talk today about a topic that has been, in my opinion, uh, in the press a lot, but is quite controversial. And we're going to talk about omega-3s, we're going to talk about heart disease, we're going to talk about different disorders, how this all factors in to what we're actually experiencing in our children, in our young adults, and in most of us as we get older. What are some of the things that are, that are, that are happening to our bodies, and what the heck are we going to do about it? So, Dr. Philip, I want to thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me on board. It's always a pleasure to be able to spread the word about health, get people excited and motivated about empowering themselves to make some changes in their life. I've got to start right out of the gate with a question that I've been asking folks in general. In your opinion, given you know where you are, what you're seeing um, in your practice and beyond, what would you say, how would you classify, how would you classify the state of health of people in North America? That's, wow, that's a, a hard question to start off. That's the way I like to start the show. They'll tell you. Sure. That's <laughs> a bit of a bang. It's, um, it's eerie. The, the things we're suffering from are not the same things as in the 1930s and 40s and 50s where it was a matter of we just didn't have enough and people and we didn't have the right medicines. The diseases we're suffering from in the 21st century are diseases of excess. Um, the World Health Organization came out about four weeks ago and basically said, for the first time in human history, children are going to have a shorter life expectancy than their parents. And the main driving cause of this is considered obesity. And what's, what's catching up with us as a result of obesity is that the two major concerns in North American society are heart disease and cancer. So what I'm hoping, what we're going to hopefully get talking about later in the show is the concept of, I mean, it is Valentine's Day after all. It is. So I'm hoping to maybe even impact what turns into Valentine's dinner for people and get talking about the health-promoting benefits of things like fish, but also just awareness of an epi absolute raging epidemic of obesity, which is occurring in most industrialized nations. Well, you know, for me, um, uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. You know, I've interviewed people like Richard Simmons, and, and we've talked about this for several reasons. One, I lost my sister at a, at a very young age, and, and she was well over uh, 400 pounds when she passed away. And, you, and, for, and then you sort of watch the generations of, of kids, and all you have to do is look out on the street and see. And the question is, for you and I, I believe, what can we share today that will empower people, as you've said, empower people to change, even if it's one thing, change one thing, try something different? What do you think about uh, seeing if we can do that today, Dr. Phillip? Wow. Um, I think that's fantastic. And I think if you're, uh, 
going to really try to boil it down. I think we're going to talk a lot of, about a lot of different things today. Mm-hmm. And ideally, that, a, a professor of mine who really made a difference in my life used to always say, you're going to sit in a lot of seminars, a lot of conferences, you're going to listen to a lot of people speak. If every time you attend something, you can take one really valuable piece of information away, that was worth your time to be at. You really got something of value from your experience. And so if there really is only one thing people walk away from today, let it be get a little bit of physical activity in your life. It's the the most simple recommendation we can make, and it has profound, profound impact. We don't need to turn people into marathon runners. We don't need to turn people into the bodies they see on the magazines. If we can get you to do, the, the magic number is considered 150 minutes a week of very light physical activity. It's averaging out to barely over 20 minutes a day. And that can be taking a little more stairs than elevator, getting a little bit of a, you know, go do a little neighborly walk around the block every now and then. That basic tiny little recommendation has powerful, powerful long-term impact in people's lives. Well, it is about getting things moving and really breaking some of the old patterns we have which would allow us to kind of sit on the couch and not move and turn on the, the boob tube and, and, and there you go. And, uh, or, or better yet, hook yourself up to a video game or an iPod or, you know, something like that where, you know, here we are into a pattern of behavior. And so this show today, the Dr. Pat Show, that's what you're listening to, is an invitation for everyone out there, everyone out there, that is contemplating having a better life, that's contemplating living in a world where you feel good every day. So I don't want you to think that this is a fantasy show here, Dr. Philip. We're not doing fantasy. This is the reality. With what we know now about naturopathic uh, medicine, uh, about what we know about integrative medicine, functional medicine, you know, there is a full-blown menu there is a full-blown menu for people to choose from so they can choose health. I think what you're doing here is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you, you can step it up many, many levels thereafter. Once you go through some real basics of diet and lifestyle, I mean, you get a little bit of physical activity, you turn your attention next to the diet, the absolute fundamental basics. It seems like your audience is pretty well endowed with having heard some very valuable information in the field. So let's go through the basics as quick as we can. Let's do it. Fruits and vegetables. The more, the better. It's it's a dose-response medical relationship. Per serving increase of fruits and vegetables in your diet, I can calculate for you a 6 to 10% decrease in your risk of heart disease and cancer. World Health Organization comes out and says, if we can get industrialized nations averaging Five plus servings of fruits a day, of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry, and that's next to nothing. People think that's a big number. I mean, I, I don't. I'm scared to say it on air. Your your fast food combo is delivering two servings at least. It, it's not. How can people get less than five? I, I don't understand it. But if we can get people getting five a day, we're going to reduce the global burden of heart disease by over 35 percent. It's really not that complicated. I mean, when we go back to a saying, the saying, an apple a day, do you know we have people that can't even, can't calculate that? I mean, having an apple a day is a stretch. I, I have patients all the time, oh, I can't eat like that, I gag, and I'm, I'm forced to sit there and look at them, and I'm like, I, I don't, 
if I don't get a few in me a day, I, I can't function. I can't go through my day. I'm like a zombie. So, I, and I, I have a hard time relating to people who say I don't eat a serving or two. So, I mean, a salad, a decent-sized salad is literally about four servings. Just incorporating at some point in our day modest little inclusions that benefit our health. Because it's not only the health benefit of, hey, now I ate a serving of fruits and vegetables. It's what you replaced. If salad is your lunch a few days a week, what is now not your lunch a few days a week? It's not only the pro of the salad, it's getting rid of, of unhealthy choices and replacing them with healthy ones. And that's so important because you've actually hit it. And we are at the basics. We're going to cover a lot today because we've got a full hour to go through, and we are nonstop through this show. We don't take any breaks. This is the one show that uh, I've created a format where it's totally conversational. You're welcome to call in any time. You know the number, 877-876-5227, 877-876-5227. And, you know, I, Dr. Phillips, uh, I had a, a, an email from someone uh, earlier about the show tonight, and they said, you know, they're basically saying, and this, is, this blows my mind, they're saying, you know, I can't get my children to eat these foods. I can't get my children. And I'm thinking, I can't get my children. I remember sitting at the table, and, you know, we didn't have an option here. <laughs> you know, so something has happened. You know what? It's what it comes down to, and you have to respect 21st century just the way our lives are. We're very busy. We're very stressed. What I find with children is you just got to slow things down a bit and take some time. If you Some really famous studies, and they're kind of old. They were done back in the 70s. They put kids three times a day in front of a really varied buffet. And there was everything in there. There was the junk food, the fried food, the desserts. But there was also lots of salads and raw vegetables. And, well, for the first two or three days, as you can imagine, these kids went gluttonous with the desserts. All they ate, sweet, sweet, junk, and chocolate. By the time about 48 hours was over, these kids were eating almost perfectly balanced meals at every sitting. If, if you give a child variety, they will sort through it and pick what they need. So, I mean, I know that's a tall order in today's culture. And we see, you know, I, I see some autistic patients. I see some children with developmental and behavior disorders. And really cleaning up their diet is a big part of the treatment for those children. And we're going to talk a lot about this as the oh, show goes on. We have a study that just came out on children with uh, bipolar depression and ADHD. These children were suffering from both and some really simple things we can do to help them. But um, for the time being, it's, it's such an imposition on the parents. But that's usually what it is. It's not the child is unwilling. It's you got to get the, the parent to make the time to create the variety for the child. And that might be a tall order, and that's where you turn around and say, well, when I was a kid, whatever, you know, mom and dad put in front of you is what you ate. And, yeah, that's part of it. Maybe we need to be a little bit more stern. And another part is we need to make a little more effort creating a little more variety for, for our children. Well, we actually have to step up to the 21st century. I mean, I think that the level of sophistication we have around eating is far beyond anything that I grew up with. There are many, many choices, and many of them are healthy. I mean, we now have a multicultural uh, effect in this country, and that is a good thing from a lot of perspectives. 
you know, in the region that I live in, you know, we're surrounded with the magnificence of Asian food. And as a matter of fact, I was in a Japanese restaurant today for lunch. My sushi was my dinner. Sure, I'm with you. Exactly. It was. I, I fully agree, and that is a real luxury. Even in the in the 60s, even in the 70s, it was not easy to get global access to all types of produce and all types of foods. Yeah, we, we live in a in a time when you can walk in the... You're right. There really is no excuse. You can walk into a grocery store, and if you just make the right food choices, you're eating the finest, healthiest foods from all over the world at all times of the year. And it has become much easier if we're willing to make the effort to incorporate health into our lifestyle. Well, and so we are starting this show out with talking about basics. This show is about decision-making. It's about the choices that you have. And uh, and I am honored to have my guest today uh, on the show. You know, Dr. Phillips, I wanted to ask you, do you have a website that folks can go to as they listen? We have a, a, a an Internet audience that just absolutely loves to follow along. Where would you direct them? I have to. I'd almost, the truth of the matter is this. As well as being a physician and a professor, I represent a company. We're trying to create awareness about fish oil. And it's the fat found in a fish. And I'm sure we can get to talk about some of the data a little bit later on. Oh, yes, we, we will. Our site has a lot, a lot of published science in the field. If you just go on that site, you cruise around it, and you'll see really up-to-date human clinical trials and position statements of the American Heart Association. So I'll give that website out, and I can be reached by email on that site through a link that's there. So okay. Is that Omega, Brian? It is, yes. Okay, good. So the, the website is www.omegabright, and bright is spelled B-R-I-T-E, dot com. And if you go to the section that says Why Omega Bright, you'll find a lot of published science there, and you'll also find a link in the Why Omega Bright section that says Ask the Doctor. And any email that is sent to that link comes directly to myself. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about beyond the basics. Uh, and I don't know if we've hit all the basics, but, you know, we've got exercise, we've got nutrition. Yeah, we, well, we stick to the nutrition. The next level I like to go to, and it's it relates to what we're talking about here, is the fat. Mm -hmm. Before we get into any sort of concept of a supplemental fat, the first place you must start with is dietary fat. And people are getting a lot of information from a lot of different sources about what types of dietary fat to go with. We get a lot of questions about flax oil versus olive oil versus canola oil sunflower, etc. So what I'd like to tell people in this realm, and, and really it's, it's keep it simple, and I think with Italian heritage you might really uh, enjoy what I have to say here. When picking a dietary oil, in North America we get too much of what's called omega-6 fat. And the places we get this from are things like corn and sunflower and safflower. We started using these oils because historically we were getting too much saturated fat. In North America, we were, we were cooking with lard and butter, eating a lot of animal products, and we realized, well, that's way too much saturated fat. It's causing our cholesterol to go through the roof. We need more plant-based oils. So the recommendations came out in about the 1970s, more plant-based oils. And what we turn to in North America, because we grow them here, is corn and sunflower and safflower. And what they are are omega-6-based oils, and we realized even those were causing us some problems. So to wrap it up, and I gave a lot of academic background there, what I would propose the science tells us today we need to be looking at for our dietary oil is olive oil. 
at a dietary type of dose, if you're using olive oil in an amount, like you know, you're dumping it on top of a salad or something once a day, at that dose, olive oil quite powerfully is going to lower your bad cholesterol level. It's going to lower your blood pressure. And if you're diabetic, having a problem with blood sugar control, that dose of olive oil, two tablespoons a day, is going to very significantly lower your blood sugar. So these are the types of things, and if you're medicated for diabetes, you should go talk to your doctor about this as well. But just using olive oil in your diet will very profoundly and to an important magnitude benefit all three of those conditions, which we very commonly see in North America. You know, it's funny that, that you mentioned that. I mean, I, I've got an aunt and an uncle, and uh, they're close to 90 years old. And to, to see them and be around them, you would think they're not a, a day over 60. And, uh, and all his life, all their life, they, they, they lived with olive oil on just about everything. And, it, you know, it was really interesting when we're talking about obesity and we're talking about using olive oil, there are some people that get confused around olive oil, oh, I shouldn't really have any fat in my diet. I mean, didn't we go through the phase of no fat, no fat, no fat, no fat, no fat? Everything's no fat. What did we learn from that, Dr. Phillip? What we learned from that, and I'm so glad you asked that question, and thank you. And the thing we kind of learned from that is that low-fat diets are bad. We need fats for so many different things. They are the, from fats, our bodies make hormones. From fats, our bodies make neurotransmitters. This is why in the last seven or eight years, um, fats have been used as therapy for very severe bipolar depression, unipolar depression, schizophrenia. We're finding that if you don't get enough specific fats in your diet, it leads to mental illness, it leads to cardiovascular illness. The one very blatant thing it does, and we've known this for decades, if you eat a very low-fat diet, there's a, a blood, there's a fat in your blood called triglyceride. So you know when your doctor checks your cholesterol level, there's, there's four fats of interest. There's the LDL, which is bad. There's the triglyceride, which is bad. There's the HDL, which is good. And there's the total cholesterol, which is the other three added up. Um, Low-fat diets cause triglyceride levels to rise, and, and that's considered very bad. So the other thing is low-fat diets are very hard to stick to. If you're trying to move forward with a weight loss program, fat makes you feel satiated. Fat makes you feel okay in, in the meal. When there's some fat in the meal, you feel, you feel more full. So if you're really trying to restrict all the fat in your diet, it, it's very hard to lose weight in such a manner. I hope we addressed the issue there, Dr. Pat. Well, I think we did address the issue. I think it's very, very important because, you know, we've gone through fads. I mean, you can't pick up a paper. Uh, I, was, I was at the grocery store, and there was a, a magazine out, and, you know, there was a, right out on the cover, we're still it's diets now. We're talking about more diets, diets of the stars, diets, 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 diets. And yet what they don't address is the kind of grassroots getting back to our origins of what is healthy food. I, I think I think you nailed it right on the head. And uh, so from a fat perspective, again, we've heard a lot of the omega-3 and the omega-6. The truth of the matter is, historically, humans were averaging about equal amounts 
of omega-3 to omega-6 fat. In our modern-day society, we're eating about a 20 to 1 ratio of 6 to 3. And I hope these are fats we've heard of before. Um, omega-3 fats do come from canola, and they do come from flax, and they also come from fish. Mm -hmm. Six fats come from most of the plant oils that are used in North America, with the exception of canola and flax. Olive is a bit unique, and the reason I so encourage olive is the dietary fat. It, it's what's known as an omega-9 fat, so it doesn't really fit into that aspect of the discussion. Okay, got it. Because of, because of its effects on blood pressure and cholesterol and blood glucose, it really stands above most of the other fats as a dietary fat. i got one more little bit of info on olive oil. Okay, great. Your listeners will find interesting. They did a study where they took a large number of people who had all suffered a heart attack. And there is a standard prescription medication. Um, I call it a cocktail. It's about six different prescription medications that an individual is handed if they suffer a heart attack and survive. Mm -hmm. It's the post-heart attack maintenance medications. In addition to that, so everybody in the, in the study got that. In addition to that, they either got a control diet, which meant a one-page handout, or they got some specific advice about eating a Mediterranean pattern diet. And what was included in the Mediterranean pattern diet was more fruits and vegetables, lots of olive oil, recommendations regarding to eat fish at least two or three times a week. It was a little higher in fiber, and they tried to get the people to cut back red meat. The result, if you were in the control group, you got the benefit of the six prescription medications that are routinely utilized. If you were in the group that got the medications plus the advice for the Mediterranean diet, you were 67% less likely to ever suffer another heart attack. So just some really, really basic diet guidance regarding olive oil, eat a little bit of fish, get some more fiber, and people who had already suffered a heart attack reduce their risk of ever having another one by almost 70%. And, and that's huge because I think it's important to mention to people that I believe there is a statistic around people that have had heart attacks and what their rate of reoccurrence is. It's very high. It's very high. And, and that is an important factor. Now, it could be very high for a lot of reasons. I mean, I mean, I have a, a, a friend who had a heart attack and uh, uh, quit smoking for a week, and then that was the end of the quitting smoking thing. I mean, there are a lot of reasons for people, you know, to to have uh, situations where their health does deteriorate. But I think today's show, for those of you listening, it's really about getting educated, getting informed, and pick something that you can do to change a pattern that you have that is just not serving you in terms of your health and well-being. Now, the reason that this show is so important is because Dr. Philip and I are going to talk about the power of omega-3s beyond what we hear in the press, beyond what we hear in sort of the sad uh, articles that are written. You know, today's show is to get the facts out and to get the research out. And as I've said before, if you want to find out more about the research that was done on omega-3s, then go to the website omegabright.com. That's omegabrite.com. A uh, couple questions I want to ask you uh, around omega-3s. Do we have some? Do you mind talking a little bit about this, uh, Dr. Philip? Please go right ahead. Um, 
I, I want to, to, to have everyone educated around what omega-3s are and what they're not, especially around fish oil. I think there's been some controversy, controversy around fish oil and around fish and, uh, you know, whether it's good or not good. And I would love for you to really address some of the studies, some of what people are finding, especially around inflammation. And, uh, and, and, and just share with our listeners the kind of information that they would need to go out and create uh, a diet, create something that gives them enough omega-3s. Absolutely. And first I want to say you've brought it up two or three times. I am yet to hear someone word it quite the way you do, and it, it needs to get out there. I really admire the way you talk about patterns. That is really what it boils down to to people, and it's hard for people to conceptualize that. It's exactly what it is. It's not always about the upside of the healthy thing. It's the combination of the upside of the healthy thing and what it replaces. And I think you do a very eloquent job of outlining that for people. Well, thank you. Good all, but it's, it's absolutely true, and it's much needed. Regarding omega-3s, here's the deal. It, when we first came on air, you talked about it as though it's a bit controversial. And for someone in the science of what I do, it's hard to hear that. This has been around for no less than 20 years. It's in Europe. In Europe, if you have a heart attack and your cardiologist does not give you a fish oil supplement, in Europe it's considered as though that person just committed malpractice. This is something that the American Heart Association, since 2003, has basically been telling every single American citizen this is something they need to take. So the science, especially in the realm of cardiology, you see, as we move forward, we can get into talking about psychiatry and we can talk about treatment of arthritis and other autoimmune diseases, which is when you mentioned inflammation. But in the realm of cardiovascular care, this, this has been considered almost the academic no-brainer for about the last at least five, if not ten years. There was a very recent advancement at the American Heart Association annual convention this past November. And I was in attendance at the talk, and a paper which was published about it not more than a week ago. What's very exciting is many years ago, in 1999, a study came out that said low-dose fish oil. If you take a supplement, which is the equivalent of about one serving of fish a day, so likewise, if you're eating about a serving of fish a day, a very large study in Italy administered a supplement equal to one serving of fish a day to over 11,000 people who had suffered a heart attack. And what they showed is that if you were receiving the active fish oil supplement compared to placebo, your risk of having a fatal heart attack these are people who had already had a heart attack, survived. They're taking now a supplement equivalent to one serving of fish a day. Their risk of a fatal heart attack is reduced. It was by a little bit more than 50%. And that's huge because I, isn't, the, 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 isn't there a statistic that says that if you've had a heart attack, the next one you get is, it could be the one that really puts you out. Right. So when that came out, wow, very powerful. And there had been other studies with fish oil, but that one was really the largest and the most powerful. Since then, and this is what happened in November at the American Heart Association that really got people's attention, a larger study was done in Japan using a much larger dose. 
So the dose that was used in Italy equaled about one serving of fish a day. Got it. Okay. The dose that's now used in Japan, the supplement, equaled about two servings a day. Now, now this gets really interesting. There was no difference in the risk of a sudden fatal heart attack. However, here's what's really neat. This was in Japan. The people who were receiving placebo, the people who were receiving the fake pill, uh-huh. eat as much fish as the people getting the pill in Italy were getting. That's I was just that's what kind of hit me right there when you were talking about this. I was thinking, well, you know, the people in Japan, I mean, this is a natural occurrence. That's right. So what happened is, guess what? Nobody in Japan, the risk of having a fatal heart attack in Japan is already really low to begin with. To begin with. with. And Got the it. reason they're thinking is, hey, even if you're not taking a supplement in Japan, you're eating so much fish that you're getting the same dose as the people in Italy. So the question is, well, what did this extra dose of fish oil as a supplement do? So they're already eating the equivalent of one serving of fish a day, and now they gave them a supplement that equals two more servings of fish a day. What they showed was for the first time, not only does it prevent a fatal heart attack, it also starts to very powerfully reduce the risk of a non-fatal, any type of cardiovascular event. Well, that's huge. Right? So this is what has the cardiovascular realm of omega-3 oils really, really excited. And um, just based on that, you can expect the American Heart Association to be putting out a new statement within the year. And the previous one they put out, and the one that I'm quoting you from before this, was put out in 2003. Well, we absolutely need a new statement. And we need a new statement that allows physicians to uh, to sit and do exactly what you said that they do in Europe, and that is for people that have had heart attacks to say, yes, this is your prescription, and this is where you go get omega-3 fish oils, and or you've got to eat fish. But, you know, we have such a line that gets divided right now, and we have physicians that say, I am a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a specialist in nutrition. And we have got to break that line down. And that's what today's show is about. It's to provide people with information. And, you know, even to the point, the reason that I came on, Dr. Phillip, and I said that there is a controversy, because I believe there is. You know, I think that there is a level of conditioning that we have that says, if my doctor didn't tell me to do that, well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and that's when we, I, I hear you, and hey, we should always run things by our physicians. It's a, it, You know, but there are interaction potentials with medications and such that people need to be aware of. So exactly. I, you know, and I have no doubt, I am an advocate that people, someone needs to be there coaching the the, the health experience. But there's so much we can do. I don't blame the physician. It's it's so hard to try to learn the massive slew of illnesses they need to know, the slew of medications they need to know. Nutrition is just not put at the top of that priority list. Yeah, and what I'm saying is to the folks that are listening to the show today, and I want to thank you all for listening to the Dr. Pat show, is that it's up to you to say, you know, I heard that show and, and I heard Dr. Pat talking to Dr. Phillip. And I'm going to ask you about omega-3s. I mean, this is all we're saying.
I would say, and another really empowering thing is get on that website and find some of the research. And print it out if you That's need to. That's right. Get on there. It's on there for you. Print it out. It's from the medical journals that these physicians rely on. When we say the American Heart Association, when your medical doctor says, oh, you have this and this problem, you need to take this medication, it's the American Heart Association telling them to do that. So this really is the, the society that is responsible for putting out guidelines for doctors. Absolutely. And there is the American Heart Association statement saying, you know, if you're an American citizen, this is something you should be getting in your body. So you can print that out from the website, show it to the doctor, and then they'll have some valuable guidance for you regarding dose, regarding if it's going to interact with anything else you may be doing. Well, you know, let, let's make sure that everyone has that site again. That is omegabrite, B-R-I-T-E dot com. Not only is there information about uh, heart disease and uh, omegas, but there also information about metabolism. And then uh, some of the topics we're going to talk about now, you know, when we move beyond looking at the cardiovascular, cardiac health, rather, in, uh, in North America, and we now look at, and we touched on children a little bit, but we now look on, you know, the achy joints, the relief, and inflammation is the term I use, but my, my listeners know the way I feel about autoimmune disease and, and, and I think the escalation of it. And so I wanted to get from you what you have found, what has some of the research found beyond, uh, you know, um, heart disease, what are the effects, what can we do here? We're talking about omega-3s. And it's and it, I love how simple we're keeping this because you know what we're saying here is very focused. We're not giving people a gazillion things to do, uh, fifty thousand supplements to look at. We're really looking and focusing very purposefully on one particular aspect of of of, of nutrition that they can address. This is um, I'm glad you brought up the. the the inflammation area. Mm-hmm. The inflammation area ties in to many of the areas we've been discussing. So what I can start this out with is our immune system makes molecules. It's almost like hormones that it uses to talk to other cells of the immune system. So these are called inflammatory mediators. So if you have, you know, a site of joint pain, so let's say you have an, an active area of arthritis, your immune system cells are in there, and they're being overactive. That's why we call it autoimmune disease. Your own body is attacking parts of itself that it shouldn't. It's supposed to realize that's your own body. And what it's doing is each of those cells is making these little molecules that keep attracting more and more and more cells to the site, and that perpetuates the problem. Well, it relates to other areas because, well, we can measure the amounts of these immune hormones in your blood. Lo and behold, in people with depression, in people with aggression, in people with ADD, ADHD, the circulating levels of these inflammatory markers is also elevated. Lo and behold, we're finding really powerful links between elevated inflammatory markers and heart disease. The number of links that overactive inflammation is relating to various disease states keeps growing and growing every day. And it's an area that science has identified as one of the most important targets of not only disease treatment, but disease prevention. So what omega-3 oils do there is that ultimately 
these immune hormones are made from fats. And the fats we eat very, very powerfully impact the type of immune hormone made. So as we said earlier that we're in an epidemic of we're eating, well, we got away from the animal fats and we replaced them with corn and sunflower and safflower. Well, corn and sunflower and safflower end up giving rise to more of these inflammatory molecules. Whereas when we eat more omega-3, which is through flax or canola, or which is through fish, or which could be through a fish oil supplement, when you get more of omega-3 fats in your body, you very much change the makeup of these inflammatory molecules. So there are on-point human studies they will take people suffering from active rheumatoid arthritis, give them a fish oil supplement versus placebo, follow them for a period of weeks, and they show that quite quickly, within about two weeks, the people taking fish oil, through any parameter they have, are doing much better than the people who are taking the fake pill. And their requirement for pain-killing medication is cut usually by about half. And then that's, that's the blatant example. That's the arthritis. Mm -hmm. Other inflammatory areas where we have human studies of fish oil being beneficial are inflammatory bowel disease. So there are studies in people with Crohn's disease. There are studies in people with ulcerative colitis. Again, reproducibly showing that if you take some of this anti-inflammatory fish oil, you get improvements in disease outcomes for those disorders. And the place it relates indirectly to but it's why we're starting to realize that fish oil benefits depression is, is a precisely that realm. In the realm of depression, where we've seen for years that for reasons we can't figure out, depressed people have elevated levels of circulating inflammatory markers. When we start intervening with fish oil in those populations, symptomatically there is also tremendous amounts of improvement. And this is really important uh, because, you know, I think the, the issues right now that, um, and I know you're, you can really answer this question, is that since people have got on the fish oil bandwagon, so to speak, there have been bottles and bottles and bottles of this produced. The question that I ask, though, is what is the difference? I mean, there's got to be high-grade, low-grade, which fish did it come from? And, and this is more information that people need to have, or doesn't it matter? It, it, it does matter. So, I mean, yeah, the place I've been sitting, and I've been in, inundated in fish oil research for about a decade now. So to me, it's, I, I have to realize, right, this is still making its way to a lot of people. It is, and it, it is, right. And so maybe I get caught up, you know, I'm just like, well, of course everyone's taking fish oil. What do you mean are people taking, you know? So I need to remind myself of that from time to time, and I thank you for bringing me back to earth. But brand-wise, and there isn't necessarily one, you know, it's, yes, there are things you should look for, and I can provide some really basic information there. Um, what you're after, there's two fats. One of them's called EPA, and one of them's called DHA. And actually, there's big fancy words. It's eicosapentaenoic acid, that's the EPA, and docosahexaenoic acid, which is the DHA. When you look at a bottle of fish oil, it's usually, it comes out of a fish at 30% EPA and DHA. 
So if you look at the bottle and it's a one gram capsule, it should have, and it's going to have 300 milligrams of EPA and DHA. That's 30%. I'm saying that's not good enough. What I would recommend people go and look for is a concentrate, something that contains more than 30% of the active constituents. And they're very readily found. So you've heard about the one website, Omega Bright. That's one brand that's a concentrate. There are many others. And I would say anywhere you go and you pick up a bottle of fish oil, look at that EPA and DHA. Add it up, and it should be a number greater than 30%. And the reason you want to track down a concentrate, there is concern that fish is, is sadly, it's a paradox of our modern times. It's a bit contaminated. There's mercury issues. There's cadmium. There's PCBs, dioxins. The process by which fish oil is concentrated simultaneously cleans the oil. So if you get an oil that's greater than 30% EPA and DHA, you're pretty much guaranteed that a lot of the, the contaminants inherently in fish have been removed from that oil. That, that's important information because, you know, we've got flip sides of the coin. You know, the conversations about fish and, uh, you know, the level of mercury and the level of metals. And so, I mean, this is information that you just don't find anywhere. And, and the reason I like to get back to basics is because we're reaching thousands and thousands of people who have heard about fish oil, who have heard about health and nutrition. And, you know, for me, when I get off the air, I get asked questions. Dr. Pat, why didn't, you know, why didn't you mention this? Why didn't you break this down? This is really in an attempt to say you can be empowered to make decisions when you shop for yourself, when you shop for your children, when you're looking at the health and wellness of your family, what should you know? It's not always about let me get this because it's cheaper and on sale. Please look at the labels. This is what we're talking about. And it, it, it isn't that, it, isn't that what we're saying here? 100% true, absolutely true. You know, you mentioned children for a moment. I, I travel to a lot of medical conferences, whether they be cardiology, whether they be psychiatry. At every psychiatric conference I go to, the, the big ones, the general public will always show up. So not, all, not all of them, right? There, there's a representation of the general public protesting at psychiatric conferences regarding medicating children. Right. I mean, the controversy about ADD and ADHD and Ritalin and I don't know. And what. Sure, and Ritalin yeah. and depression in children. I'm mm -hmm. standing in front of a study where fish oil was used to treat 20 children, all of whom had bipolar depression, predominantly mania, meaning they were very excitable, very aggressive, very disagreeing. Also, all of these children were suffering from, well, 94% of them were suffering from ADD, ADHD as well. So there's a rating scale. It's called the Young Mania Rating Scale. If a medication reduces that number by 50%, the medication is considered to have achieved remission. So the psychiatrically ill child, if they get a 50% improvement, congratulations, the medication was effective. They used nothing but fish oil, nothing but fish oil in these children, and they achieved remission in 35% of them. So these are, I'm not, see, we're not proposing some miracle cure, 
but these are fairly ill children, all suffering bipolar depression, 94%, also suffering from ADD, ADHD, and a fish oil supplement was able to stabilize 35% of those kids, and it significantly improved half of them. Half of them got better, 35% of them got so much better that they were stable. So these are the types of outcomes over and over again that we're seeing when people use fish oil in these sorts of settings. Uh, this is such an important conversation because, as I've said before, uh, what I like to do is bring something that is so simple in in terms of a remedy, so to speak. It's so simple, and yet it can be so confusing to figure out how one goes about this. Now, the reason I bring this up, Dr. Philip, is because there have been people that have gone out, have bought the fish oil, no results, nothing going on, and lo and behold, it's like, no, nothing is happening here. And and what I realized about that is like anything that we do, you have to fully understand exactly what it is you're buying. And it's so important that you really look at the labels. And, you know, I think it's worth mentioning again what those percentages are, what people should look for when they're out there, you know, after the show. If you're not going to go to the uh, OmegaBright.com website and you think you're going to go to your local bulk nutrition supplement store, you're going to want to look at the label. And you had mentioned that people should be looking at 30%. Sure, I can uh, do that again. And I thank you for mentioning the site. It's O-M-E-G-A-B-R-I-T-E. And I'd say if you have more specific questions, you go to the Why Omega Bright section of that site. And then after the Why Omega Bright, there's a link that says Ask the Doctor. And any email that's sent there, I'll be happy to get back to you personally. Any place you go to look for fish oil, any place you go, the EPA and the DHA are what are considered the active constituents, EPA and DHA. It comes out of a fish, the oil comes out of a fish at 30% EPA and DHA added together. So in a 1,000 milligram capsule, Standard is going to say 180 milligrams of EPA and 120 of DHA. And you add that up and you get 300, which is 30%. And what I'm proposing to people is that's not good enough. The little tip is look for something greater than 30%. Um, the Omega Bright that we're talking about is in fact 80%. Per gram, it's 700 milligrams of EPA and 100 milligrams of DHA you'll easily, readily find in many stores 60% concentrates. So per gram, if you add up the EPA and DHA, it'll be 600 as opposed to 300. And I'd really encourage, you know, regardless of the brand you're using, find a concentrate. It, it confers significant advantage. Uh, and I want to just uh, just take care of a little confusion that has developed here since we we've started to talk about the oils in our society, and that is the, this you know clarification around uh, fish oil versus flaxseed oil. I mean now it seems like the craze is flaxseeds, flaxseed oils. As a matter of fact, I was it was recommended that I go get flaxseed and then grind them up, and I don't know it, it's confusing. Uh, can I, you I talk to that? Sure, I'd love to comment on that. Um, flax oil has a lot of good things in it, but it's why I started talking about the olive oil. 
The dietary oil, because of the effects on blood pressure and blood cholesterol and blood glucose, I consider olive oil superior to flax oil. Great. The issue is it is an omega-3 oil, but it's not going to deliver the EPA and DHA. The EPA and DHA are the therapeutic molecules for all of these cardiovascular benefits we've been talking about, for all of the mood benefits we've been talking about, for the treatment of ADD, ADHD, bipolar depression. The fats found in flax, although very good for our health and they have some cardioprotective roles, they are not going to be effective at treating these disorders that we've been talking about. The arthritis, you need the fats as they are found preformed in fish. So the solution is either get eating fish every day, which might be a bit of a concern from a contamination perspective. Doesn't mean you avoid fish. Still a great idea to eat fish at least once or twice a week. But as far as a daily approach, a simple thing that you can add into your life that immediately starts having positive impact, consider a good quality fish oil supplement. And usually people are able to start feeling impact on their health from a good quality fish oil supplement within within a couple of weeks. And this is really important. I mean, you know, probably in another show we can talk about, uh, you know, I think you refer to it as contamination in fish. And, um, and you were very, very clear at explaining how uh, with, you know, high quality fish oil that that contamination is minimized. And I think that's of concern to people. I, you know, I know that we've gone on from one end of the spectrum to the other where we've now, you know, scared people to the point where they can't even think about buying fish. You know, so we need to bring people back to the center here. Yeah, let's bring them back. And it's the, it's the Cash 22 people talk about organic produce. You know, well, guess what? Whether you ever eat organic or not, if you're not ever going to eat organic, no problem. Eat fruits and vegetables. Likewise, if you're not going to take a fish oil supplement and don't be afraid about what we talked about, fish. If you eat fish even once a week, eating fish once a week reduces your risk of ever having a cardiovascular complication by 30 to 40%. So don't be afraid enough about contamination to avoid eating fish. You are doing yourself a favor. However, you should start being... I would propose the science says you shouldn't be eating fish every day. You want to eat fish once a week, twice a week, you're doing yourself a big favor. You want to start eating fish every day, you're posing yourself a, a bit of a problem. So it's what we've talked about. It's, it's really getting educated and informed, making sure that you take a look at what you want your life to be about. And that's what we're talking about. Dr. Philip and I today are really creating an invitation, an invitation for you to have the kind of life that you really want to really step up every morning and feel great, have your body feel great, have your life feel great. And we've picked the topic for today because we can come on the air sometimes and shows that are done about health and wellness, they can cover, you know, 16, 20 different solutions. Today it's a very focused conversation that says if there were one thing you were to add into your life, Take a look at omega-3, take a look at fish oil, and take a look at what the impact of that is. And uh, Dr. Phillips, I want to thank you so much for joining the show today and, you know, taking time out to really explain this 
in a way that people can understand it because now they have information that they can make informed, educated, intelligent decisions. I thank you so much. It's been a real treat to be here, and I thank you for keeping it guided. I, I can get I can get talking about everything and anything, so I really appreciate your guidance, and I, I hope we were able to reach some people. And um, it, it, it's pretty sound advice. You can't go wrong. Eat some fish. Take a fish oil supplement. You're doing yourself a really big favor. All right. Thank you so much for joining the show. I want to mention the website again. Uh, www.omegabright.com that's omega o-m-e-g-a-b-r-i-t-e dot com and get your questions out there you know get your questions ask the doctor find out if not for you then perhaps a loved one perhaps someone that you know uh, the information that we shared today is based on the studies that are reported uh, I believe that uh, a number of them are on your website uh, Dr. Philip as well absolutely absolutely Okay, get educated, get informed, make sure you're doing everything you can do to live life full out. Dr. Phillips, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you again and have a great Valentine's Day. All right, big love to everyone. We want these hearts being beating. We want them to beat healthily and full of love. Thank you all for joining the show today. I want to thank my buddies at bbsradio.com for hitting all the right buttons. Until next week, make sure you share the love. Make sure you educate yourselves. Make sure you do something kind for yourself first. We'll see you next week.